You're listening to Ask Dr. E, where Dr. Michael Easley answers your biblical and theological questions in 10 minutes or less, or sometimes more like this episode. Here's today's question. Hi, Dr. Easley. Thank you for considering this question. Uh, My question involves church membership. And while I think I understand how important church membership is, and I'm definitely a proponent of it, my question has to do with leaving the church after you've become a member. Short of heresy, is it ever okay, and if so, when, to leave my church and look to worship elsewhere? You know, Hannah, in all the years I've served the local church, this is an interesting issue. And let, let me say at the very beginning, there is no consensus. Right. <laughs> with As you said, within evangelical churches alone. Um, our Baptistic friends uh, used to have church letters Amazing. And you would move congregations. And so if you went to a Southern Baptist church, they'd go, so-and-so is coming with a letter of recommendation from his or her former church. And they would do these mass membership uh, acknowledgments on a Sunday morning. You brought a letter of membership. And you think about that. Historically, it makes sense because did they profess Christ? Were they baptized in the way the Southern Baptist tradition, you know, perhaps held a view of immersion, for example. And did they come in good standing? Right. So, you know, I applaud the concept. Of course, it became a formality. But doesn't that seem so far from the early acts? I'm not disputing Christian church. Okay, okay. I'm just just acknowledging that, you know, this this was, these are, this is an example. This is how this happened. Yeah. One example. Um, And there's some good reasons behind church membership. Uh, Bible churches, fundamental churches, denominationals all have different processes. Mm -hmm. Let me say, again, I'm going to go back to what we've talked about in the last question. This is a wisdom principle. Uh, I find no chapter and verse that talks about a form of church membership. True. There's, you can't say you become a member of the church in Corinth or Philippi or Thessalonica. So we cobble together some ideas. I'm going to make some people mad. That's okay. Uh, (laughs) Hang on. And then we'll try to calm everybody down. You stand on your own two feet when it comes to church membership. I think if if a man or woman has a problem with the local church or the leadership or teaching, I think you do all you can in grace. You do all you can in love. You do all you can carefully. But you stand before God. Uh, Your elders or deacons or church leaders do not interface between you and God. Now, you may submit yourself to their authority. You may indeed uh, be shepherded by them, and that's good. That's the New Testament principle of a shepherd. But if they're wrong or they're in error or they're maybe on an issue that's not central to growing as disciples, you've got the freedom to have an adult conversation with your leadership, not to be mean, not to be angry, not to leave in a huff. But, you know, you as a, as a family have to make that decision on, on where you you know, hang your hat, so to speak, where you become a member. So not too long ago, I had a friend come to me, and he was leaving a church to go to a different church. And the deacon and pastor took issue with him. For leaving. For leaving. Yeah. And he had to meet with them. Uh-huh. And, I mean, in some in some respects, it's okay, I get it. But I thought, is that a little overbearing? Is that a little bit over, you know, it wasn't, and it wasn't because he was sinning or he felt the church was wrong. He was changing churches because this church offered in his mind, a better approach to Bible teaching, a better approach to discipling his kids. And he loved the people in the church he attended, Yeah, but it, he wasn't mad at them. Right. It wasn't doctrinal and right. he wasn't sinning, but they took issue with his departure. Interesting. And it, and it, it almost reinforced the fact that he needed to go. Yeah. Cause there were, it was a control issue. 
Now, one thing that's important to distinguish is the local versus the universal church. Sure. So if you have trusted in Christ and Christ alone, if you put your faith that he lived, he died, he was buried, he came back from the dead, and you are now part of the universal church of Jesus Christ. And so we're, we're one body. Local assemblies are taught, and we go back to Acts, and we go back to, you know, when when Christ says uh, the Great Commission, uh, make disciples of all ethnos, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Uh, and then, of course, Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, the remotest part of the world, Acts 1.8. And then they God allows persecution, and Paul becomes the mouthpiece that takes it beyond Jerusalem. Uh-huh. And he's going to do those missionary journeys. If you still have a real Bible that you carry with you or read, there are probably some maps in the back of that Bible of Paul's missionary journeys. Why do we chronicle that in a Bible? Because this is the planting, the expansion of his church. I will build my church, and this is how he does it. So Paul and Timothy and Barnabas and John Mark are all involved in these efforts. So we see local congregations then established in Corinth and Rome and uh, in, in Thessalonica and Philippi, so forth and so on. So there were local assemblies. By the time the New Testament unfolds more deeply, we understand qualifications for leaders. First uh, Timothy and Second Timothy are really primers for how a church should work, as well as Titus. Um, you can throw the Thessalonians in there as well. We call these the pastoral epistles that talk about how you do church. Um, so th- there's enough information in there. Uh, let's come back to the big question because I'm a little bit off in the weeds. I do think it's wise to be a member of a local church. As the, que- as the question was, I'm a fan of being a church member yeah. too. But I don't think it's a salvation issue or a sanctification issue. I think there's a time to join. There's a time to leave. Shepherds are imperfect. We're not looking for perfect elders and pastors and teachers. There are none. Uh, but at the same time, the, the big question is, I'm going to say this for me, as is, is a man, if I'm taking my family to a church, I want to be lockstep. Cindy's good with this church. It's a good place for our kids. You know, it's funny, how when, when um, we were in Virginia, I would have uh, families come to me and uh, say, well, we're leaving to go to XYZ Church because they have a better you know, X program. Uh-huh. And of course, a little bit of me is disappointed sure. or upset. And I go, well, can't you make it work here? Isn't part, let's say it was the youth ministry. Yeah. Can't you help your kids understand that this is all part of it? And, yeah. and um, as I got gotten older, uh-huh. not, not necessarily wiser, I get it now. <laughs> I get it now. Yeah. And I have no judgment. If they're going to another church that's still solid, yeah. And it's got a real robust singles ministry, a real robust yeah. ministry for special needs, yeah. a robust ministry for uh, whatever, uh, single parents. Um, praise God. Yeah. Because not every church can minister to all the, as yeah, much as we'd like to. Yeah, every church can't do everything. Right? Every, yeah. every, as much as we'd like to be a cafeteria. And there's always that worship serve component. So the last thing I'd say on this is I'm not going to a church just to be ministered to. Right. I'm a big proponent of being a member, but if I'm a member, I'm going to serve. Um, and I love the model. It's not, not new with me. Worship and serve. You worship in a fellowship, but you serve in a fellowship. Yep. And you ought to be involved in one area in your local church, whether it's kids or uh, uh, teenagers or single moms or working the grounds or being a deacon or whatever whatever God has wired and gifted you to do. And that's the best church Yep. where I'm serving. And I'm being ministered to. Yep. 
And that, to me, is is really what membership is all about. Well, that's why I think it's interesting that, I mean, growing up, of course, non-denominational, I, did, I was a regular attender at a Presbyterian church at one point and a Baptist church at one point. Both of those churches, though I did not go through their quote-unquote membership process, which probably mattered a lot more to them than any of the non-denoms I <laughs> was raising or attended, um, I was in the choir. I helped with Sunday school. I was in a you know small group. So... I think it's interesting how for some local churches, membership is such a hot topic, but really going back to what you said, I mean, where I attend now, non-denominational membership matters. There's a class, they call them stakeholders. It's all gravy, but they care way more about what you just said. Are you serving? Are you in some sort of small group learning community? Are you tithing? I mean, that's another big part of it is if you're if you're a regular tender church member, are you giving back to that local community? And so, I mean, to, to help Eric again, for someone who just, the, the church they've been attending, it's, you know, nothing bad is going on. Maybe it's just as simple as they haven't found their people. They haven't connected. It's really hard for them to get involved in a smaller community group. And they're just wondering if there's another church in their area that, that might be a better fit for them. Is that okay for them to leave? Yes. And, and, and the shortest answer, but at the end of the day, Let's let's do this. Ask why we're doing this. Okay. Is it because I'm unhappy? I'm, my family is not being ministered to. Am I part of the solution here? Do I need to roll my sleeves up? I don't think it's a sin. I don't. I mean, if, obviously, if there's sin issues going on, but we're not talking about that. I think it's fine for a person to to look at churches. Um, back to your point about where you're attending now, and even when we were in the nor- Northern Virginia area, DC area, uh, we viewed membership as a high bar. Mm-hmm. And we had a rigorous set of courses you'd go through, uh, mm-hmm. classes classes you would attend. And then we had two elders that were uh, dispatched to interview you in your home. It's intense. So two elders from Emmanuel would go visit you and Tyler, for example. And um, and we would ask you about, you know. That being, church was like several thousand people, though. Y'all we did only that had about 800 in... members, though. Wow. Because from that church, the turnover rate, uh, over 6,000 people at, at one point. Uh, the turnover rate with the military and administrative people had, move in yeah, and out it was, a lot. It was a transitional area, yeah. So if we had a a body of members to say, "Will you teach a Sunday school class? Will you teach mm. an Awana? Will you mm-hmm. help with whatever?" We want to to know where they stood, right? Because if they come from a different background or hold some different theology that we would not agree with, I sure. want to put them in leadership, right? So membership at Emmanuel was a filter for: Are you committed to this church? Are you on the same page doctrinally? Interesting. And, uh, and, and I think that's a good way to guard the flock as you go forward, because you're always going to have the funnel effect where the, mm-hmm. the funnel at the top, a lot of people who come in that building are not going to be members. Yep. As you go down the funnel, you want to help them grow and become disciple makers. Yep. Is my hope. If you've got a question for Ask Dr. E, call us or text us at 615-281-9694, or you can email us at question at michaelincontext.com. We would love to hear from you. Ask Dr. E is a production of Michael Easley in Context. The music for this show is composed by Jason Germain, and you can find more biblical resources at michaelincontext.com.